0: Before we start, I just want to remind everyone that this podcast is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so they know we sent you. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, July 3rd, Hamilton Day, for those musical theater dorks such as myself who are excited to watch... Hamilton on Disney Plus this weekend. Today is a mailbag day, not a ton of news to talk about. Obviously, Tigers have reported to their summer slash spring training facility, which is in this case, Comerica Park, not a whole lot of other news to report on. So I'm just going to probably jump right in to the mailbag segment for this Friday show. As always, you could send those questions to this show's Twitter account, at LockedOnTigers. You can send them to me personally, at Castellani2014. Or you could send them to this show's Gmail account, Locked on Tigers at gmail.com. And the first question today is in the form of an email. This came to us from Travis Frazier. Thank you for sending that to this show's Gmail account. Hey, Chris, question for you. What do you got for me, Travis? He asks... What Tigers prospect outside of Green, Paredes, or the 2020 draft picks do you think has the best chance to hit in the majors? Love the pods. You do. Keep it up. Well, thank you very much, Travis, and I appreciate you sending me that question. I think a lot of people, understandably so, have turned their back on Daz Cameron, and I get it. Daz Cameron had a really bad year in the minors a season ago. More often than not, when a guy has a season that's that poor, the odds of him being a successful major league hitter dwindle exponentially. But this is a guy who is a great athlete. He comes from a baseball background. Impressive interview. Foolish Baseball did an interview with him down in Tiger's spring training facility a couple months ago when there was actual spring training going on before the pandemic. Seemed like a really impressive guy. Seemed like a very confident guy. I'm not going to rule out the possibility of him being the center fielder of the future. Now the Tigers are giving Riley Green a lot of reps in center field, but Riley Green is such a good athlete. He's going to be one of those guys who's going to play probably every outfield position at some point. Daz seems to be exclusively a center fielder, at least right now. I still believe he's a major league ball player. He seriously needs to improve with the bat. I think his floor is probably a platoon back up, if, but if he gets the back going, or at the very least develops a little bit more consistency, we're not looking for him to necessarily put up a 900 plus OPS, but if he can be a guy who draws walks, who gets on base, who has a fairly solid average, I still believe he could be a solid piece of this organization going forward. So I would say outside of the big guns, your greens, your Paredes, your Torkelsons of the world, he's one that I think a lot of people have given up on, but I haven't. I believe in you, Daz. You can do it. All right, let's go to the Twitter questions now. This one comes to us from at Detroit Stands. Will Gardenhire be the manager in 2021? That's a really good question. I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. Look, I don't think Ron Gardenhire is in any position to be managing for his job right now. Do I believe that if and when the Tigers are competitive again, that he is the guy who will help carry them across the finish line to the promised land? No, I don't. I don't think he's a terrible manager. I just think he's a little bit too archaic for for my taste. I think he has improved in terms of using the advanced analytics to his disposal. I mean, his first two years here are wash. There is no manager who could get more than 60-plus wins Out of last year's Tigers, right? The fact that they won 64 in 2018 is kind of an accomplishment, to be honest with you. Last year obviously was a crapshoot, but I don't blame him for that. I also think when he was hired, he was not hired as the guy who was going to be here long-term. He was a placeholder manager, and when the time came that the Tigers were going to be competitive again, they were probably going to go out and get somebody else, and Garnheier could you know, spend his summers vacationing somewhere with his retirement package. I don't think he was ever meant to be part of the long-term process in Detroit. But to answer your question, I'm actually leaning towards no. You look at last year, he openly admitted that year took a lot out of him psychologically. It took a lot out of everybody psychologically. As much as they were intentionally tanking, when you are a player or a manager for a team that's that bad, it takes something out of you. And Garnhire admitted it took something out of him. And this year, probably, despite the fact that they haven't played a game yet, has probably taken just as much out of him psychologically with the pandemic. He, like I've talked about, is probably a guy who's considered high risk. I think this year is going to be one of those years where a lot of managers and coaches are going to put things into perspective. And I think we're going to see a lot of aging managers bow out over the next couple seasons. And I think Gardy will be one of those guys. If I had to guess, I would say this will be His last year in Detroit. I root for the guy. Seems like a genuinely nice guy. He handles the media well. He is a professional manager. Like that was one thing about Osmus that drove me nuts is he didn't handle the media well. Strategically, he was awful. I mean, I I guess probably strategically him and Guardi are about even. It's just Osmus' attitude towards everything drove me nuts. And his inability to answer a question coherently just made me want to pull my hair out. I think Guardi is better in that aspect, but he's not. He's not a guy who's going to lead this team to a World Series anytime soon. So if I had to guess, it's a shot in the dark. I don't have a ton of evidence to support it. I think Ron Gardenhire will not be here long term. And if I had to guess when he would call it quits after this season, feels like kind of an appropriate time. Next one, this one from at BrendanWill33. He's sent in questions before, so I appreciate you doing it again. You think Torque plays third or first in the future? Look, I talked about this a couple weeks ago when he got drafted. A lot of people were freaking out that they announced him as a third baseman. It didn't bother me. Give him as many reps as you want at third base. Go ahead. Give him as many opportunities as you want. It's not a permanent thing. If he stinks, if he's not fielding ground balls, if he's Nick Castellanos over at the hot corner, you move him back. He can play first. This is a naturally very athletic, very gifted specimen. I think he would be fine if he's not an accomplished third baseman. But I, I understand why they're doing that. I, they're trying to get the most out of him. And defensively, you get more out of a good defensive third baseman than you do out of a good defensive first baseman. It's just a fact. Look, look at the analytics. Look at defensive runs saved. The best defensive third baseman in baseball are far more valuable to their team than the best defensive first baseman. I say give it a shot, and you know what? I, I do think he will be the third baseman going forward. I think they've scouted him enough. I think they've analyzed him enough. I think if they really didn't feel like he was capable of playing third base at an average to high level. I don't think they would have drafted him as a third baseman. So I think he's going to be the third baseman of the future going forward. That's going to do it for segment number one. I'll be back here in segment numero dos to answer more of your mailbag questions. So stay tuned. Little ham and eggs coming at you. Hold on to your griddles. We'll be right back. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back, but did I ever really leave? Come on, no one's ever really gone. Next question comes to us from at Zach Delise. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Do you think they'll bring up Isaac Paredes to play third if Lugo and Candelario have slow starts? No, that's a good question. I talked about this several months ago before the pandemic back when life was relatively normal and made some semblance of sense. Jay Markle did a whole tweet thread about the third base conundrum that the Tigers are dealing with. Look, the Tigers have the worst... <laughs> I I, I'm, I shouldn't laugh, but it's true. They have the worst line of potential suitors at third base of any major league team. Dowell Lugo is not a very good Major League Ball player. And I understand in the latter part of last year, he showed maybe like a little bit of promise, but his ceiling is so low, like insanely low. Candelario has a much higher ceiling, but he's running out of time. He's shown moments, you know, flashes of brilliance, improved defensively last year, got off to a nice start in Detroit in late 2017 when he was acquired and in 2018. And it seemed like, all right, maybe he's the third baseman of the future. He's not. I'll say this. They don't want to call up Isaac Paredes. They don't want to potentially waste a year of full service time with Isaac Paredes as the third baseman for a team that's terrible in a 60-game season. But you might just be forced to press the emergency button because these two guys can't hit at the Major League level. Lugo and Candelario cannot hit. I'm willing to give each of them one more shot, and you might as well give them 30 games to see if they can figure out how to hit at the major league level. But if you get to a point where these guys are just black holes in the middle of your lineup, a lineup that already has several black holes in it, then maybe you do got to call it Paredes. Now, the other thing you run into as well, you know, you're probably going to play Paredes at third for now, but big picture here, what do you do when Torkelson gets the call up? Do you move Paredes to second? Do you move him to left, which they're talking about, which I think is insane? That's an issue you run into, but it, that's long-term. If we're just talking 2020, we'll see him at some point. I'm not as high on him as some other people are, though I do think he'll be a solid major league hitter. He'll be better than either one of the two guys we're talking about. But the idea of him playing third base all year and wasting a year of service time, I, I'm, not, I'm not too huge on that, especially in a 60-game season. Last question comes to us from at Ryan Krause. Best bet on who wins the left field job. Another good question. I mean, look, I think Jacoby Jones, the way he performed last season, especially in the latter part of last season, really after the first month and a half, he was quite solid. I think he's guaranteed to have the center field job. I think Cameron Maben is guaranteed to man right field, but then that kind of leaves it down to Kristen Stewart or Victor Reyes. My guess, and this might seem like kind of a cop-out of an answer, but whatever. I think they'll give both of them a shot. I look, they're high on Victor Reyes. I'm not super high on him. They, I think they believe Victor Reyes is like five years younger than he actually is. Like they keep talking about how, ooh, he'll grow into his body. He's like my age. Like he's not that young. I don't, I think he's probably grown into his body enough. But you know what? He hit 300 last year, fairly solid. You know, I don't think he has a very high ceiling at all, but maybe they'll try him there. And then you have Kristen Stewart, who last season was a a real disappointment, mainly with the bat. This was a guy who they said had 25 to 35 home run potential, barely had a 700 OPS. I mean, he was not good a season ago, at all, and he's abysmal in left field. But everyone knew that. That that's what's weird to me is like Lynn Henning did this whole thing. He's, oh, you and I like Lynn for the most part. I don't mean to attack him, but he was he was very high on Kristen Stewart. Oh, you can pencil him in. Oh, you can pencil him in. He's the Tigers' left fielder in 2019. You can book it. Everyone knew he couldn't play defense. And then two months later, he's like, oh, the Tigers are now concerned that. Kristen Stewart is struggling in left field. We knew that. We knew he couldn't play left. We knew he couldn't play the outfield. He has legitimately one of the worst outfield arms I've ever seen, which would be passable if he was hitting, but he didn't. So I think they're both going to get a shot. My hope is that Stewart wins the job, believe it or not, because I think this team right now... You need pop, you need power, and you need guys who are highly touted draft picks who hit well in the minors to start producing at the major league level. Look, if Victor Reyes turns out to be even average, he'll have already succeeded expectations. This was a Rule 5 draft pick. They did not expect anything out of him. Kristen Stewart putting up another barely 700 OPS season would be a massive disappointment. A prime example of a prospect who just didn't pan out. You don't want to see that. This was a guy who hit a lot of home runs in the minor leagues, and you would like to see that happen here at Comerica Park. I think a 60-game season could potentially do him some good if he hits well to build some confidence going into 2021. So I think they'll both get a shot. My hope is that Stewart wins it, but I don't know. Nothing I saw last year gave me any confidence. All right, so that is going to do it for today's mailbag show. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. Do you have any questions? For the mailbag segment, which we do every Friday. You can send those to this show's gmail account, lockdowntigers at gmail.com. And if you're feeling up to it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. I really do hope all of you have a very safe and happy 4th of July weekend. I will be right back here on Monday, hopefully with some legitimate stuff to talk about with spring slash summer training starting up. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a safe and happy 4th of July weekend. And go Tigers.